I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. dad called on the road trip and cut us off. So I had a client who had a couple of clients actually who decided to untherapize me um, because of the fact that I, um, because of this particular podcast episode, which I still stand by, like I don't unstand by it. And there's a separation between the work that I do with the clients I see and my personal life. Like I don't have to embrace everything of every client that I work with, right? Like if we were to, if we were to be, and now I'm not saying don't find a therapist that doesn't align with your maybe belief system or something. But if we were to say that every therapist aligned with every single agenda of every client, then who would help the sex, this, you know, this, like the people that are pedophiles, like the violent sex offenders, who would, who would help the meth addicts? Like, do I have to be Um, you know what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to align with everything that your clients are engaged in, in order to be able to do successful therapy. So the point is we were listening to an old podcast episode to decide whether I should delete it, which is still undecided. And you heard yourself say, you know, you know, you know, you know, And, and it's a lot. And I've commented before that it's like, it's a lot, but anyways, now I say, you know, a lot. You know, from hanging out with you, you know, (laughs) anyway. Um, so your, your theory on the October for us, so the the other tie in to all of this, um, Ooh, that was a splatter. The other tie in to all of this is that October 4th, next Thursday at two 30 Pacific, I think it might be 1130 Pacific. I have to get my time zones messed up for a week and a half. Um, the, the government, the worldwide governments, not just our government, all the governments. Ooh, this was a big fat truck sting operation. Look at this. They just slayed truckers back to back to back to back. Um, is going to do a, what is it called? Emergency broadcast test. Correct. Cell phones, televisions, all the things. And there is theory that when they do this test, that is going to be the trick that releases the things inside the nanoparticles inside the people that have been vaccinated, which is therefore then going to cause a zombie apocalypse. And P.S. The CDC actually has a preparedness for a zombie apocalypse document. Look it up. It's very real on their website. It's there. It's there. My thoughts are that I think they're going to be like maybe running a test on October 4th and the the theory behind the nanolipid particle is that, you know, it's a synthetic, um, fat pill and it contains several different viruses. 
And I think uh, my feeling is that this is going to be, it's a test to see if they can transmit the energy out there at the proper frequency. But it has to be at a certain frequency for a certain period of time. And I think they're going to run a test and there's going to be, you know, probably some people that are going to be affected by this. Most people will not because the test isn't going to be long enough for these lipid nanoparticles to heat up and vibrate, swell and release the virus. I think that's right, going to come. Was, it was two minutes shy of what it needed to be or something right, like that. Right, so you need like a three-minute burst of this energy at a certain gigahertz for the lipid nanocells particles to, to warm up and then release their junk, their payload. So I think that some of the lipid nanoparticles That's what she said. are going to release their, <laughs> release their payload uh, on October 4th. However, I believe that it's a test, and this is going to be released sometime later down the road without our knowledge. Um, so we're not going to be told about it. It's not going to be broadcast over the worldwide network of uh, dump fuckery emergency use shit. It's going to be much more subtle than that. People are just going to start growing up dead and be turned into zombies and have all these more of these turbo cancers and stuff like that. However, October 4th, when they do this, it probably will release some of these payloads into people's bodies. Some of the lipid nanoparticles, I'm sure, are faulty. Yeah. We're, we're, we're probably seeing that with athletes dropping dead on the playing field and stuff like that as well. Um, some of these turbo cancers that doctors are now seeing that they've strokes, never seen before. Yeah, yeah, the strokes, the heart attacks. Okay, but the important part about this Marburg thing is that they actually have a, quote, cure, right? Just like they had uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin for COVID. Fenben, fenbendazole, and albendazole are two forms of treatment very readily available, prescription, but readily available. One of them is, much like ivermectin, a dog-like heartworm treatment or something. Right. And um, they cure the, you know, uh, what's it called, where you bleed out the, uh, I forget the, the terminology, the hemorrhaging. They stop the, the hemorrhaging. And so everybody's going to panic, but this will be available. It is transmissible, though, via uh, spit, you know, saliva, et cetera. Bodily so fluids. Bodily fluids, bodily fluids specifically. So it's not airborne, but if you're living with someone who's vaccinated and they start hemorrhaging, you can treat it, you can treat yourself, but what's probably going to happen is it'll run through a family and it can wipe you out. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot is, I know I've talked about this on a previous podcast, is it's going to be far harder this time to not comply because we're going to actually see death this time. Right. Where we have it in the past. Look at all those baby cows. Also, this is something I wanted to kind of talk about. We've been on this road trip for a very sad reason, a very uh, spur of the moment, not not prepared like we would have, like we had originally planned to take this road trip back to see your folks. And, you know, one of the things that I've really been thinking about is how much land there is. I mean, there is just, I want to make sure this is right. We're not checking it. So someone, some, someone's got to check it. I'm checking it. It's good. I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, but so the point is that you, people get 
stuck in this inner city notion that you know there's there's it's a climate change thing and we're we're destroying our earth and this and that it's like drive a hundred miles drive 50 miles outside of new york city to pennsylvania and look around yep. <laughs> i mean go go real far go two thousand miles to the plains of america look around everybody in your stankin city could have an acre more more than an acre and we would be just fine and then you look at these stupid ass wind turbines that they've got and it was almost ironic i wish we could have grabbed the camera fast enough to take a picture there's this one little donkey head thing like you called it doing the oil pump and deal a bob you know just 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 sit there it's like taking up a total of maybe 50 feet and then you've got an entire hideous hideous horizon full of bird killers of those wind turbine things. Half of them are not even spinning. Half of them are not even working. And the footprint of those things is just ginormous, both vertically and horizontally. Right. It's comical. It's just comical to me that people sit in their homes and they call us naive and ignorant. Right. Because we're not savvy to climate change. But they have no idea. Like if you actually walk outside your front door, and I saw this a lot with the COVID thing, right? Like. I lived in a rural town, still do, but lived in a very rural town at the time. And literally, people could not afford to mask up and lock themselves up in their houses and do their tech job because where I lived, there are no tech jobs. Your toilet was still clogged. People still had to go fix your toilet. Those were the people that lived in the rural towns. They left their homes. They walked outside their door. They waved at their neighbors who didn't have masks on their faces. And they all survived. Nobody was dying. Like... There's this crazy cognitive dissonance thing. But if you actually walked outside your door, did you see anybody die? No. You no. might have heard about it on TV, right? Well, what's interesting is during, during the whole COVID scandemic was that as COVID cases and COVID deaths were spiking and going through the roof, you should go back to the CDC's information and look at uh, the death from flu. Influenza went down. Influenza That's went ironic. down to zero. That's ironic. COVID went through the roof. Not to mention the hospitals were paid to murder people. Like, that's all fact That's now. a whole I different... I mean, all this stuff's out and about. Subject for a <laughs> now podcast. The, and now the doctors and the CDCs are, well, we can't distinguish the difference between the COVID and the flu. The only reason we knew before is because we were doing the testing. It's like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is just comical. And yet people are still believing that. I can't know? believe they're still buying it. I can't believe they're still buying it either. I wanted to look at our notes that I made. So let me go back real quick because I made some notes on what to talk about. Um, I don't know exactly where I put it. I might have deleted it. Um, oh, ozone. Oh, yeah. Ozone, too. That was the other thing that uh, that we were um, that you're supposed to use uh, ozone therapy to fight the thing. I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. I'm multitasking while I'm driving. What else did we need to talk about, though? There were a lot of other things that we needed to talk about. My notes are hilarious. If I look at the notes on my phone, like one of them says juice and lotion. One of them says Burt Meeks. I think that's a multi-engine float instructor in Alaska. Then there's a bunch of stuff here for, for Maine, like that I wanted to do. Oh uh, yeah. I got like road trip lists and all sorts of weird things. Anywho, what else were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about the, the, that and, um, we were going to talk about the 
Marburg deal. What else were we going to talk? There was a couple things we wanted to podcast on. There was stuff we needed to get caught up on. I don't remember. Well, what else would you like to talk about? Um. I do think, though, that in a matter of time, there is going to be these two parallel. Oh, I know what I was going to say real quick before I go on to the parallel thing is that uh, what better way to show the world the Antichrist, have the Antichrist die and come back to life than via a worldwide emergency broadcast? I mean, we finally have the technology to usher in all of these various different things. Yep. I think we're going to talk about financing and money too. Um, but, but the bigger issue is I really do feel like it's happening before us. It's happening rapidly. A lot of people don't even see it yet, but it is happening that you've got these two parallel economies now. Where Parallel societies. Not just economies, but societies. Societies, yeah. Where you've got people that are buying and selling as locally and organically as they can, right? And then you've still got this group of people that are going down to the Walmart. But if you're not getting savvy to where you can source your local food um, and having a, re- a way to engage with that food, I think quickly we're going to have problems. Because, oh, what was the big announcement with Bill Gates? Bill Gates is saying climate change isn't a thing, but he's still buying up land. Correct. What's all that about? Uh, well... There was this forecast, <clears throat> excuse me, there was this forecast several years ago, and, you know, Bill Gates and his ilk are, they've been pushing population reduction, the climate change narrative lie, and stuff like that. And they were talking about, you know, along the equator, it was going to be completely uninhabitable because it would be so hot. Now they're saying, well, that's not going to be the case. There's not going to be any place on the planet that's going to be uninhabitable. Hmm. Nothing's going to change. They're starting to say that nothing is going to change. And so how many lies, how many times do they need to lie to us? Everybody remembers, you know, in recent memory, Al Gore's hockey stick. If Al Gore's hockey stick was even remotely close to being accurate, we should all be dead right now. We, none of us should be alive right now. Well, and the funny thing is, is that I really do believe that the Earth has been through cycles like the Ice Age, etc., that have been inhabitable, but I don't think it had anything to do with the residents of the Earth. It had nothing to do with the residents <laughs> of the Earth. It has everything to do with solar activity. So up in the sky every day is this bright yellow orb. It's called the sun. The sun creates weather. The sun creates climate. The sun has these cycles, and this approximately a 30-year cycle of higher activity and lower activity. And it cycles up and down and up and down. And we've been uh, on a cycle for the past 30 years or so of higher than average solar activity. Which this, is why Biden's going to block the sun. This He's higher block the sun. This higher than average solar activity raises the Earth's temperature globally. Prior to that, it was cold. I remember when I was in kindergarten, first grade, everybody's talking about the new ice age. Oh, we've got to do this to save ourselves from the new ice age because we were coming out of a period of lower than average solar activity. Temperatures were lower. If they block the sun, we're going to have an ice age. 
if we block the sun, we're all going to fucking die. We're, which is what they intend. Oh, I, this was the other part of this that we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about, and I also wanted to uh, talk about your steam engine concept too, but um, they, I have recently learned from doing some research that, cause I was like, well, why does the Satanists want everybody dead? Like what good does this do? To, I mean, I know Satan wants the souls, but what does it do for the global elites if we're all dead? Well, because they're a part of a cult that has been told that we are a plague on this planet, that they need to get rid of us in order to have everlasting life. Is that how we understood it? That's how, that's what, how we understand it. Because at first I was like, well, why do they want to off us? I don't understand this piece. They need us to do their bidding, but no, they don't. They believe that once they reduce the population to the proper amount... Kind of like how, what is that religion where if you do it, I feel like it's not Hindu. It's uh, Allah Akbar. What's Allah Akbar religion? I sound like an asshole right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Allah, Allah Akbar. Uh, Muslim? Muslim. <laughs> Muslims believe, and I might be botching the crap out of this because I'm not Muslim, but if they do so many deeds on earth that you have more women when they get to heaven. Right. Right. This is what this satanic cult believes the global elites believe is now my understanding. And the crazy thing is I ran into a satanist on this trip. I got to tell the story. This is wild. I'm standing there trying to extend our hotel stay another night. Cause we obviously had last minute this whole thing. And as I'm standing at the desk, waiting for the woman to finish what she was doing there and then help me, I feel a tickle in my throat where it's like, I can't speak. Like I feel like a <laughs> in my throat and I turn around because it feels like something is literally suffocating me. And I turn around and there's a woman that has on a shirt, which is evidently a podcast called something Satan. I forget what, do you remember what her shirt said? I can't remember. I remember. It was a Satan podcast. Anyways. And I say to her, so I turn back around and my throat is like suffocated. I'm coughing and the hotel lady I noticed had a cross on, which is very fascinating and offered me some water. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. What's interesting. She didn't recoil from the coughing, right? Like most people would with the COVID thing. Um, and I turned back around. I'm like, not today, Satan. You're not stopping me from having a conversation with this woman. And I say, are you a satanist? And she says, yes. And I, and I turned back around and uh, of course I just can't be done. And so I turned back around to her and I say, I hear Satanists are cannibals. Is that true? Do you eat people? Because uh, I really want to know. She said, yes, some Satanists do. I do not. She said, you know how there's different sectors of Christianity and people do different things and believe different things. She says, well, I'm a Satanist that is not a cannibalist. And I said something to the effect of, ah. And then I said, well, Satan's a pretty dangerous dude. And she says, I don't believe Satan exists. And I said, Oh, that's a big mistake anyways. And I continued the conversation and, um, it was all very fascinating. And by the time I was done with the conversation with the woman, I didn't change her mind on anything. I guarantee you that, but she was standing there shaking. She was literally like violently trembling. It was so wild. But I mean, to have these physical manifestations, I watched this guy, John, something, John, I can't remember his last name. Now, I want to say Podesta. That's not right. That's a political dude. Um, but he was a practicing Satanist. And 
I remember I shared it with you. He was given duties that he had to do. Yes, I remember that story. And um, he, t- he tells the story about how, like, he was tasked with, like, literally murdering people in their sleep and stuff and how he would go about doing it. It was very fascinating. But he had the power, uh, using these satanic forces, um, he was a part of whatever principality, and he was able to cause people to have physical manifestations. It was wild. It was like a real thing. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But we're seeing this ramp up a lot. I mean, the, the I feel like the veil between what is uh, what we have traditionally known as the real world and the spirit world is becoming thinner and thinner and thinner. It really does feel that way, doesn't it? Yes. Do you want to elaborate on that? It just, it feels like, uh, I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I know and I feel that there's more, and I feel it getting closer. I, I, I can't really describe it, but you can feel, if you're paying attention, you can feel it getting closer. The, the demons that you were talking about, that, that woman at the gas station near you, that you can see them, the demons in the, in the homeless. Yeah. You were going to, you were going to talk about that last time we never did pot on it. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, you can see the, the, like Like the the evil spirit activity. Yeah. So homeless people, they're compromised emotionally, mentally. Um, and it's interesting to watch them. Some of these homeless people are very violent. And nobody's doing anything about it. And they're on the street. They come up and ask you for money. If you don't give them what they want, then... They're getting violent. They they go off. They, like, hijacked a guy's car out of his garage or something and murdered him or something? Yeah. Or, like, tried to murder him? Uh, anyways, all this kind of weird shit going on. And, and generally speaking, um, you know, homeless people tend to have tended to stay them, to themselves. You find them down by the creek in their little tent cities and shit like that. However, recently, like, within the past six or seven months or so I've noticed that they're coming out of the woods and they're like everywhere and they're really unstable people and it's like there's something not right about what's going on right now yeah the Canaanites they were banished to the dark world or whatever they were banished from their bodies um, but they didn't get to go. I don't know the whole story. I, you know, I wish I should have a biblical scholar back on soon, but they are eligible to inhabit uh, earthly beings that are not protected by Christ or something to that effect. And I think that's what we're seeing in this homeless population, um, sadly. But I know, like, I've, I've come across people where you look at them and you know, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a distinct look. Yeah. about the spirit or soul within them. And if you don't believe in spirits and souls, watch somebody when they die. There is a noticeable moment where they go from being to not being. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit on the way here, where you can really see the life force leave a person. That energy goes. It's not there. Yeah. Um, it's so wild. when that, the spirit leaves the body, that body is nothing but an empty shell at that point. There's nobody in it anymore. And so it's, my question would be, some of these humans, these spirits, right? Are Is there pure spirit in there and the evil spirit presides over 
like a shadow or is the pure spirit gone and has turned to evil? I don't know. How does that work? I think that um, with particularly with with people that have mental health issues and other moral issues, like, you know, like Bill Gates isn't stupid, but I believe he's severely mentally ill. Yeah. Um, and so I think people that are severe, have mental mental issues, mental, mental disabilities or that are mentally ill, they are vulnerable to be, uh, to succumb to, 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 to succumb to, uh, you know, other evil spirits, uh, demons or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think, uh, Bill Gates, he's definitely possessed by something that is unholy and evil. Yeah. Um, he is mentally ill. Whatever demon out there is possessing him is taking advantage, advantage of that mental illness. So as Charles, this- Charles Schwab, Klaus Schwab, there's another man that's, he's not stupid, he's smart with money, he's severely mentally ill. Yeah, well, he well, has problems. Well, how these, a lot of these people rise to power is through that evil, right? Like, not having the moral compass. So, as we continue to see the degradation, um, the gender-affirming stuff's really sad in particular. Still going? Oh, yep, still going. Um, one of the things that I was curious about is, uh, you know, I saw this sad thing that showed this woman that had obviously been, I'll call her a girl because she was a teenage girl, um, who had cutting behavior, which is not suicide ideation. It's just a cry for help. Um, cutting behavior is rarely, uh, it can lead to suicide ideation, but in that moment, it's just a cry for help. And uh, it's typically classified as like a borderline personality disorder or histrionic. It's always um, it's always a secondary diagnosis, uh, personality disorder diagnosis. But she had all these cuts all over her. And then then standing next to her, uh, you see her mother standing next to her and she's showing her scars. The young teenage girl is showing her scars where her breasts were removed and she transitioned to a male. And the scar is pretty graphic. I mean, it's right across her chest. It looks like open heart surgery gone wrong. And, uh, and anyways, somebody had posted and said, this girl was crying out for help with her, with her cutting behavior. And her mom affirmed the most severe cutting of all, which was her removal of the breast. And I, that, that imagery was just so, I've, I've worked with so many people in the 5150 scenarios that I've been in with the cutting behavior, the teenagers that don't want to go to school on Monday and they cut their wrists in the wrong direction and, you know, wound up as being assessed by myself. And it was really hard for me to see that picture and know the mental health behind that stuff. And then to see a mother standing there smiling proudly, virtue signaling to the world that look at my daughter has transitioned to a man. It's messed up. It's so hard for me to stomach. Um, so anyways, scene, scene engines, let's switch gears. As we switch over to these parallel economies, uh, societies rather, you believe that one of the things that's going to be making a comeback is steam engines. Uh, this is one of those things that as we've moved technologically more and more toward everything being work run with electronics, brain boxes and cars, um, Detroit has been mandated to equip cars so that the factory can shut your car off at any time. If 
your car was stolen is being pursued by police or you miss a payment or whatever for whatever reason detroit can shut your car off it's now a law they have to do it and at some point and other things like for example you lost a wheel um we are about 50 years overdue for a carrington event sized a blast of solar radiation from EMP. the sun, an EMP from the sun. It'd be like a, a shot of plasma from the sun. Um, and these happen every so often. They happen on the average like every 100 years or so. And we're about 50, 40 to 50 years overdue for the next one. So at any moment, any day, we could have a, a, uh, a Carrington event-sized solar flare that would come completely fry all of the shit around the planet, which means your internet's not going to work, the power's going to go out, your car's not going to run, nothing's going to freaking work. The only thing that's going to be left on the road are these fucking clunkers that Obama tried to take off when he was in office 12, 13, 16 years ago. Remember the old clunker yeah. buyback program? Yeah, I do remember the clunker. All right, so we're left with clunkers, but all the modern infrastructure is going to be burned up. That means, as far as like, you know, no electricity, nothing's going to move on the highways. Here's a plug for the Geniverse generator. <laughs> three forms of, uh, three forms of fuel for that thing. And so steam engines. Will be- so, you know, this is where steam is going to be the future. It's multi-fuel. You can burn oil, you can burn grass, you can burn wood, coal. Whatever. If it's, you can burn buffalo crap in it. It's going to make heat. If you make heat, you can boil water. If you can boil water, you can make power. And which is what your dad's got that old stove that can burn anything, right? But he uses coal. Yep. But he could burn anything in it. He could burn anything. And in he it. can heat the house and he can cook with it and everything. And so, one nice thing about steam engines is they are incredibly simple. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to be able to figure one out, build one, and maintain it. You can maintain them with simple uh, with simple tools. Um, you can make parts for it with uh, a manual lathe and a manual mill. Um, who out there doesn't know someone that's got a freaking mill or, or a lathe in their garage? Right. Every neighborhood's got at least one. Right. Um, and so, and if you don't know that guy, meet you that guy. Meet that guy. Find that guy. <laughs> Find that guy. And so this is one of the things that I feel about like our situation right now. I feel like we're so spread out. Like you've got a whole little mini machine shop, right? We've got all of our food storage stuff. We've got, but everything's all over the place. Like I really feel like we need to get our shiz together and consolidate. But one of the things we were going to talk about, and this is a good segue is the silent depression. Neither of us own right now. Well, we own land, but not homes. And the wise thing about that is that we, you know, sold during heights and are sitting because we are effectively in a silent depression right now. But the ratio of income to expense, even factoring in inflation compared to World War II and the Great Depression, is 48% worse, 48% higher. That's a lot. And so it doesn't make sense to buy house right now it might make sense to build something in the near future but everybody 
And and what we learned about recently is that the um, the bubble that will eventually create a big short, if you saw that movie, is because of Airbnb and the loans that were handed out right and left with no backing, no, you know, you didn't even have to apply for the damn thing. You just said, I want one. They handed them out right and left. And now there's 50 million Airbnb situation stuff going on with loans and bubbles and the housing market. And that has artificially created a reduction in housing inventory and has driven up the price of homes and by a lot. now, all these people that have these loans out and are losing their tech jobs, et cetera, et cetera, it's all going to be a big mess. It's going to be a huge mess. And they say by Red October, by Halloween, it will take a while to hit the bottom, but that it will begin this month. And they, you know, they really suggest pulling your money out of the stock market, putting it into precious metals, mining, etc. I'm really feeling anxious about that. As a matter of fact, as soon as we hang up on this podcast, I'm going to call a financial advisor. And I, I, I think I need to find a new financial advisor. I really I think do. Your financial advisor sucks. He sucks. No offense, dude, if you're listening, but you suck. Anyway, um, I need to get a different one. He doesn't listen to anything I say. He did put some on my money in gold and silver, but then I had to go out and buy my own gold and silver. But anyways, I just think that the point is that if you're not prepared now to hunker down for the long run, at least seven years, you better be, you, you better start thinking about it because we've been talking about this for what, two, three years now. And now it's on us. Right. And it's been honest. It's been happening. And people are still out there living their lives thinking, you know, but now I think people are really starting to feel the pinch. Yeah. I think now people are really seeing it, feeling it, getting it. I mean, at first when Biden first came into office, it was kind of all honky dory for a minute. But we didn't think so. We saw it. We saw the little tiny shifts and changes and we saw the writing on the wall. I think most people at this point are now feeling it in their pocketbook. Exactly. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about? I think we about covered all of it. That about covered the flybys. That covered everything. All right. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.